Hello, this is Lee Henson Hasty. I'm Senior Director of Theological Education Funds Development at the Presbyterian Foundation. That's a ministry of the Committee on Theological Education. I'm here today with my friend, the friend of the church, God's good friend, child of God, uh, the Reverend Dr. J. Herbert Nelson II, um, stated clerk of the General Assembly, at least for a few more weeks, a few more days, <laughs> right until June 30th of this year. Thank you for taking time in this uh, this June to, to have this conversation with me, uh, Jay Herbert. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. And uh, it looks like you're in the the state, literally in the state of clerk's office. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I hear it's starting to come apart, but I'm glad you're still sit sitting in that chair. Um, and just so grateful. I know so many are. Um, there's a chorus behind me singing praise and thanksgiving um, for uh, your years of service. Um, almost seven years of service, right. correct? And uh, it's no small task, um, and especially these last seven years. <laughs> um, so much has happened in the world and in the church. Um, it's, it's hard to believe. And uh, as as you know, I get this, this started by asking a vocation question, but let me just quickly say Jay Herbert is a graduate of Johnson C. Smith University, Johnson C. Smith uh, Theological Seminary, and also a doctor of ministry from Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. He was ordained by Atlantic Presbytery um, in 1986, February 23rd. Uh, 1986. I bet you can remember some of the people there. Yeah, I, I'm glad you remember the dates too. <laughs> well, I go to the Office of General Assembly Minister Directory. That's how I find out. Oh, okay. <laughs> so thank you. Um, and served at Liberation Community Church uh, and, and also in North Carolina, right? Yeah, St. James Presbyterian Church. St. Yeah. James. Greensboro, North Carolina. Right. Um, so many people have passed through the pastorate at St. James. Uh, it's pretty exciting to think about. Um, and uh, also served in the, the Office of Public Witness in Washington uh, for the PCUSA. So many wonderful things. And I'm excited about what God is calling you uh, to do next and uh, where that's going. Jay Herbert, some of you probably know, made an announcement in April that he was stepping down. Um, into this new season of his ministry and life. And so thanks for taking the time again to be here. Um, we got a lot to talk about, but first of all, I want to ask um, what is uh, making you come alive is the way is the way that uh, Howard Thurman asked the question about vocation or one of his mentees, um, Katie Geneva Cannon uh, asked it this way and she was, I learned this from Alice Walker. What is the work your soul must have? You know, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, we've known each other for a while, and it's good to be back with you. It is. Yeah. I um. I I think what my what has really been the strength of my work has been my faith. Mm. Uh, the way of engaging faith. I was. Uh, uh, my father was a pastor. I came from uh, a whole list of pastors. Uh, uh, my uncles, I had four uncles that were Presbyterian pastors. Um, and 
church was very much a part of how we sustained community during segregation. Uh, we could not go to, um, uh, we couldn't walk on the side of, uh, sidewalk if someone else was there who was white. Uh, we uh, were marginalized across the board. We had to go to segregated schools. Um, and there was always in the community in which I was a part of the efforts of trying to bridge those gaps. And a lot of people lost their lives. And I felt in many ways cheated um, as a son of the manse, uh, where my father stayed out uh, over and over again, state conference president of NAACP um, during the height of the civil rights movement um, in South Carolina. Um, so in many ways, uh, it, it has always been a very strong sense of what does it mean to bring people together? How do we deal with uh, the contextual realities of our time? And how do we become, uh, in many ways, defiant to those things that, quite frankly, are not um, in the Holy Writ, what we believe and which we say is very much a part of our grounding as people of faith. So um, that has been the grounding upon which I guess everything else um, went forward. And um, the questions of always asking, uh, when is daddy coming home? Um, the struggles of uh, having a mother who lost uh, her job as a principal in a school because she would not uh, get my father to get out of the civil rights movement. Um, having a sister who I, who was, uh, believe it or not, uh, she was, uh, I, when I was born, she was going to college and we were the only two children. Uh, so we knew something about the miracles of Jesus Christ and of Almighty God. Uh, my mother lost two children in between. Um, my life has been in many ways over and over and over again, a testimony to what God can do. And so in many ways, when it came time to talk about vocation and what I was going to do in my life, uh, it was almost a no-brainer um, because it was clear that everything that uh, my parents had gone through uh, and they had taught me, uh, I had heart surgery, uh, seven years old, um, College of Charleston. Um, and on the day of my uh heart surgery. My parents had been back and forth with the doctors uh, who were supposed to perform the surgery. Uh, on the day that actually the surgery came, uh, Dr. Lee found out that his father died. And there was a young intern who was there that could take over if necessary. And the question was asked, well, how many of these open heart surgeries has he done? And they said, he hasn't done any. Oh, my <laughs> word. And so after all of the times of waiting for my heart to get to a certain uh, uh, certain uh, uh, weight and all of the things that were taking place, uh, my mother and father went in a corner. Um, I didn't see it, but they told me about it later. Uh, went into a corner and they prayed. And my father's the mother came back and basically said, persons have been praying for this child for the last two years coming to this surgery and um, uh, this is the this is the hour and the time. Mm. Um, I have a scar down the middle of my chest 
um, that is bigger than anybody's scar, scar I've ever seen. Um, wow. He did a lot of cutting. Uh, but at the other side of it, um, that's a testimony every morning of what the goodness of the Lord has been in my life. And um, to be here and to have served in this capacity, uh, all of that is uh, very much, as we see a miracle, but in many ways, this was part of the testimony of my faith. Never heard that. We've known each other a while. I don't know if the church has ever heard that story. Um, <laughs> uh, that story preaches, and it it is a testimony uh, to the way people put your family has taught to put faith in others. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure it's taught you so much. That teaches me something today. And um, this Dr. Lee is going to show up for you, continue to show up for you and for others. I promise you, no matter what. I mean, um, but whoever that doctor was, uh, I'd love to send him a thank you note. <laughs> um, and and what a what a beautiful story. Um, I, I have done 70 some shows, Jay Herbert. I don't know that anyone has answered these questions like this <laughs> um, as faith. And, and these are all, you know, people who are leading theologically just like you, um, but not answered it like that. What a, what a beautiful, beautiful story. And you you said in your uh, it's a beautiful um randy hobson i think filmed and produced this beautiful send-off message that that just went viral in the church if you haven't seen it friends i encourage you to look see it um but you talk about um how much the office of general assembly and staff has trained you <laughs> right I don't know if you want to say you, you put your faith in them and they put they you do your thing. We'll do our thing. Right. Yeah. What, what have they taught you? Well, you know, I came to this office from the Washington office, um, right. which I had an opportunity to go to general assemblies and it was kind of a general assembly junkie working behind the scenes and that kind of thing before right. even coming to this office. But um, the reality i think of being in this particular office is probably the for me has been the formation that has allowed me outside of uh let's say going to seminary or pastoring in a congregation uh i've run into all kinds of people um outside of this country uh places i've never been before in my life uh and never even dreamed of being there some places were quite frankly i probably wasn't even able to spell before i went <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and engaging people of all kinds who, in the depth of their faith, um, there was always a story. Um, and in that story, they were able to use that consistently as a way by which they understood that God was still at work in everything else in their lives. And I think there was something about the travel has been something about the connections, mm. ongoing relationships with people that don't even speak the same language that I do. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the commonality was our belief in faith mm. beyond anything that we had. And so all of that um, has strengthened me in many ways. And um, it's, it's the thing that my dad used to always say, uh, I met a man who 
had, I had no shoes until I met, I complained until I met a man who had no feet. Uh, mm. That throughout my ministry, I've seen it also uh, in relationship to going outside of this country, uh, celebrating and working with people who at times uh, I would ask the question, really, what are you celebrating for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They were right, celebrating right. about a life mm. that they still had and not another opportunity. And some of the things of complaining, some of the fighting that we do with other things that we do actually have been minimized in my life tremendously because I've seen individuals who have been in, in a lot of struggles that I couldn't have even imagined being a part of uh, and even having in my own life mm. um, and seeing how their faith has driven them uh, all across the globe. So I've been enriched by it. Um, it's been almost like everywhere I've gone has been a prayer meeting. Uh, even if we didn't have a prayer going on, if somebody was able to be able to share that we had a commonality in the faith that we believed in. You continue, Jay Herbert, it's something I've always appreciated about you and your ministry in the local church, as well as um, in Washington and as stated clerk all. Uh, you, you've taught us about what it means to show up and where to show up mm -hmm. and not just in the typical places people expect church people to show up, you know, <laughs> at the ordinations or the general assemblies or the presbytery meetings, but out in the street, at the courthouse, you know, in the Capitol building. <laughs> uh, are there some places that have been particularly important for you? You felt like that where you've had the privilege, I know you see it as a privilege too, that you've been able to show up um, as a person of faith and leader. I, you know, if the formative years for me were going to hospitals um, mm -hmm. and being a tag along with my dad. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the as I grew older, uh, there was something about seeing the scar down my own chest. Right. Where folks visited me. And right. um, it took some time of really understanding all of that because I was doing everything else teenagers were doing during that period of time anyway. But right. Um, Somewhere along the line, um, I, I came to an understanding that there was something valuable about being in the midst of individuals who needed your help. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and my dad was that kind of person. I well, he was showing up at the civil rights yeah. protest too, I'm sure, and meetings yeah. and strategy sessions. I mean, yeah. And the, and the question was always at home. When is daddy coming home? And mm -hmm. there was never a clock to really be able mm -hmm. to make that happen. It just... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, he got home when the work was done. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of that was his work ethic. Mm -hmm. uh, and my mom was no uh, slouch at all. I mean, she was right there with him mm -hmm. uh, in the work that was being done and taking mm -hmm. care of the household. And um, work ethic and all of that was a part of an understanding of how we had to live. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's something that in my own life, um, um, sometimes a workaholic. I can be that uh, and have been most of my life, you know, mm -hmm. um, you, you need to be doing something. Just get up and do something, find something to do was always mm -hmm. the way I was taught to live. And um, and so make every minute count, do the things you have to get done, take the risk that needs to be taken. Uh, and yes, there are going to people, there are going to be people who don't like that. Um, mm -hmm. And some of the things you will do. I never applied that as a child, however, to becoming a pastor. 
until I got into ministry. And um, and that became a very different kind of understanding of that uh, because the demands were uh, about uh, not just people, but it was about the institution. Right. And the systems. And right. The systems and all of that. Right. And it became a very different kind of opening for me. Um, but at the same time, bringing those values to that mm -hmm. has helped me along the way. Well, I, I don't think anybody's going to ever forget, for example, I think the way you brought that is leading the the cash bail project. I remember at the St. Louis Assembly, I feel like it was a, an inflection point where that really sort of opened the door and people started paying attention. And and now, I mean, I think it's why so many churches are they're engaged with that movement, but also paying off medical debt, mm -hmm. you know, and um, work, you know, using their money in some more in some creative ways. So um, I think I'm just so grateful for your witness, your public witness that way, because it others others um take that on it's 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 not been lost that is for sure now you just alluded to your father and him you're wondering when he's going to show up in your announcement you sort of allude to what god is calling you to do next that you're, you're excited about uh this is this is not you're not running away from anything um and I'm so i think everybody's so grateful for the leadership you've provided and not any easy task not anything i wish on someone i'm glad you have all those all your the prayers of your family and the church around you on um, the last seven years. Um, but you also mentioned in particular, and this made me sort of hold my heart because I have a, a, a 17 year old daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you mentioned to have, have some more time with your, with your wife, Gail and your daughter to have time with her, because it sounds like you wanted to show up differently for them. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been blessed to have a family that has allowed me to do what I do. They supported uh, you, right, in the background. Right? No doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> and I could not have done it without them. Uh, but, you know, I was gone a lot. Um, uh, when we were struggling in Memphis, uh, I was running around trying to get money. I was trying to help people understand some of the things that we were dealing with in that church situation that I felt was not necessarily um, representative of who we are as Presbyterians. Uh, I was on a uh, speaking uh, tour and everything else around the country and demand for that. Um, and um, most of the places I've been, uh, Gail has allowed me, my wife has allowed me to be able to have the freedom to do the work that I needed to do. And she's also clergy. So she understood that. And we met in seminary. and. Uh, it's, it's been a good marriage, and uh, but I also have taken signals from her um, when I needed to be back home, uh, when I needed to do certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, she's been the person who cues me in and says, no, we need to do this now. You need to do this now. And <laughs> so when people ask who runs your house, she runs the house, and she always has. Yeah. <laughs> I went out and did the work, and that was the way it was done. And um, and and I trusted her to do that and to do it in a way that she, in her understanding of who I also what I needed and um, and what she needed as well. I had to rethink that um, in this place now of, uh, of where I am now um, in the headquarters. I've loved this work. Uh, it's the best job I've ever had. I've said that over and over again. Um, and it's the best opportunities I've had. I've traveled 
uh, across the globe. I've had an opportunity to meet people I never would have uh, engaged. I've had people giving me gifts. I have no idea why, uh, <laughs> because I was doing my job, but they've treated me well. Uh, we've had some knots in, some, uh, knots in the road, doing, and, and that happens. Uh, it's a part of anything. I had that in the house, in which I live most times as well. <laughs> so I mean, it's not, it's not any different, but we learn how to get through it. Um, and we've had challenges, but all of that happened because my daughter and mm. my wife allowed me to mm. be able to do that in peace. Mm. Um, I've known people who've gone to work and not necessarily the church, uh, who every day they went to work, it was a complaint. I never had that, never had that experience. Um, uh, there was given. But there were never the kind of hank hankering that just kept going, 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 going. Uh, I was supportive. The question I had to raise in my own life is, what is it now that my family needs? Um, and mm -hmm. Gail has, Gail gave up a lot. She gave up her parish uh, for me to take this position. Mm -hmm. um, she was the person who, for the first time in her ministry, got a job that actually could pay her in a church. Um, two wow. years after she got that job, I felt a calling to come here. And you think about women preachers trying to find a job where people can pay you and take right. care of you. And now all of a sudden, she gave that up in order for me to be able to uh, apply for this position. Um, and we prayed, prayed on it. And a lot of other things happened in the midst of that to make it work. Um, and then my daughter. There were times in which I wasn't at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in the street getting arrested and doing a whole lot of other things. <laughs> and For good reason, good trouble, let's just clarify. <laughs> well, good reasons, good trouble. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there comes a time where, um, and she didn't say this to me, I, I had to say it to herself. Uh, I've had my show, and mm -hmm. I don't mean that in any negative way, but I had my time. What really is ministry and work about? Is it about the time on the clock? Mm. Or is it about the time that we have left to love those who have loved us? Amen. And for me, it was time for me to come to my family. My daughter is a master teacher um, right now. Uh, I've gotten a chance to see her work. I couldn't believe it because I don't, I didn't, if it were not for her mother, she wouldn't be a master teacher because I wasn't at home. Mm. Uh, but now I want to see that part of my life. Um, I want to be able to spend more time with her as she is growing and developing. And I want to be closer to my wife where I can say, let's go and we can go and not have to worry about getting back for a meeting or doing some other things. Right. Uh, my life has been given to the church mm -hmm. thus far. And I wanted to have an opportunity to give what's left of me now to my family. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a backwards uh, kind of uh, iteration of or what it means to be a father and uh but at the same time it's what i have left and so kind of where i am right now where do you think god is calling us the the church into the future um it sounds like you're starting to talk about it right now um that it's a more transformative sort of presence a more outside the building sort of sort of activism um, I actually on that show, I listened back to it this week and I'd forgotten. It was right when Union Presbyterian Seminary was 
um, really had just launched uh, Rad Rodney Sadler as a kind of scholar activist. You were asking me about that, the Center for Social Justice um, and Reconciliation. Um, are, are we, is that the kind of church you see us going, you believe God is calling us toward, or what do you see for our future? Um, my hope is that we will free ourselves of the places that we have cherished for so long, mm-hmm. um, and to open ourselves to what God is putting in front of us. Mm. Um, and that's going to be challenging. And it's going to not sim. It, it will not necessarily mimic what we've always known, and so it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm. And I think that's the piece where we, um, you know, I I, I I say this, and I'm probably the best time for me to say it is now because I brought before now. Um, <laughs> but I think sometimes we we wrap ourselves up in a basket, mm. uh, in a box, and um, we use that as the way by which we define ourselves. Mm. And I see that in so many different ways. The thing that actually um, broke loose with me in this was when we had this pandemic. Mm. And we didn't know what we were going to do with the Journal Assembly. Right. The world turned upside down with <laughs> regards to who we are and how things got done. Right. Um, we had to go outside of a lot of places to find people who knew what they were doing with technology. Uh, We had to figure out how to take all of these standing rules we had. (laughs) There's a few. There's a few. Because we couldn't do it uh, with this pandemic. Um, And it it was amazing to watch people who had these these great memories around uh, standing rules and they've gone and just held on to them and held on to them and used it as a bully whip to do it and get what they want. Um, And then to watch us have to dismantle a lot of that just to even have a journal assembly. It was, it was, I mean, I'm I'm here to tell you, it was a a job that quite frankly, um, I didn't think we would ever get through. Mm-hmm. And all of this has happened to safeguard the institution. Mm. Um, is that really our purpose? Mm. Um, the question I think we have to raise uh, is how do we bring salvation to people? Mm. How do we open ourselves uh, to what it really means to be Christian in the 21st century? And how do we see the gifts of young people? Amen. I mean, we who ran the last General Assembly? Right. Um, folks in tennis shoes uh, and T-shirts mm-hmm. because they knew the technology. Right. So when we start talking about rethinking church, we have to begin to see young adults as adults. Right. Not as children. Right. Um, we have to begin to open ourselves to new possibilities and recognize that there's some things we can't do. I never could have navigated a general assembly based on what I know about technology. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These young folks came in and saved the day. Um, And a part of this, how do we now Mm. see that as an active way of bringing them into the life of the church, 
giving them something to do that is significant to them and gives them an opportunity to share in the larger part of the church other than sitting on the side until it's your turn. Right. You have to do this all over Christendom. Yeah. Um, and we have to be willing in many ways, yes, to teach, but when we taught the lesson to step aside mm -hmm. uh, and to allow them to be able to do the work, not because they are simply the future, mm -hmm. but because we need to have this way by which their world has shifted. We have to learn how to shift with it. It sounds like you're stepping back to leave a seat open too for what is happening in the church next and um prayers for that and it's a it's a you have big shoes and a big seat to fill <laughs> um uh in in terms of the kind of leadership you brought and but what again a wonderful continuing christian witness for you to provide in that way and it's i really it's, i think it's a call to the church i ask you about the future of the church it's about it's about people mm -hmm. and relationships and encouraging them giving empowering them right um, into leadership allowing them to use their gifts to do something that matters in significant ways and i've seen that in your staff uh, that you've assembled there seen it in the also the committees and leadership of the church um so it's just been a wonderful season i would i'd spend all day i bet everybody'd spend the next week talking to you and and i hope you'll be continuing to engage in these relationships i'm I, i'd love to take you to a baseball game oh, yeah. <laughs> this you know before before you, you you make your way out of louisville if that's very soon we can make that happen all yeah. right <laughs> i'm so grateful again for today and i know everyone is um before we go and i want to invite folks i'd love for you to give us a charge and blessing in a moment but i'd like invite folks to um subscribe and review uh the podcast leading theologically wherever you get it uh share it with your friends we'd love to get your feedback there um we are uh, this is will be our season three closer we'll be back um i haven't it's going to be either the end of august or beginning of september but i have some exciting guests uh already in the works anna carter florence is coming back with her new book um, and also Mark Ramsey, who's with the Macedonian Project, the Ministry Collaborative. Um, if you have ideas for others, we'd love to hear those too. Um, but uh, thanks again, Jay Herbert, and uh, please bless and send us. And if there's anything else you want to say, uh, this is this is your space. <laughs> thank you for your friendship, and thank you for including me in, in these processes that you've been a part of and uh, the work you've been doing. Thank you. Um, Thank you for that and, and the life of the church that you've been a part of. And of course, um, that uh, at, uh, professor that you live with, uh, <laughs> please give him my regards. <laughs> I will do it. Yeah. I will do it. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for faith, for fun. We give you thanks for the opportunity to be a part of this organization called the church. Mm. Allow us to grow in the depth of your spirit. Remind us always that you are with us in all that we do. And more importantly, allow us in the days to come to be more innovative in how we lift up the church of Jesus Christ to meet the needs of individuals who are asking, where can I get help? Mm. Well, can I be, how can I be made well? Mm. We need you, Lord, to remind us 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God's peace be with you and look forward to seeing you soon. I'll, I'll get on your calendar. <laughs> that won't be hard to do. Okay. <laughs> peace, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you.